0: Amen. And, uh, but notice who He gave the authority to. Man. He gave the authority to Adam. And uh, this is important because Jesus says, begins to talk here in Matthew 16. And uh, He's talking to the disciples... In verse 18, he said, I say unto you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, there's a couple of different things here, and we've read these verses over the years uh, very often. And, uh, you know, I, I know Christians that will read that. and Yeah, praise God, the gates of hell will not prevail against him. And whatever I bind will be bound, whatever I lose will be loose. Yeah, yeah, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. But notice something. He starts off and he says that the gates of hell. All right? When he says hell... It, it is the, the physical place, but it is, it, it is the authority. When you look at it in the Greek, it's the authority of death, the authority of hell. All right? Gates are always representative of governance and authority. All right? When you read through the Word of God, uh, the, the king sat in the gates uh, when you, you read in 1 Samuel, when uh, Hophni and Phinehas, uh, Eli's boys, when they had taken the ark and went to battle with the Philistines, and they lost the ark, and they were defeated before the Philistines, they, they, the, the runner came back, and Eli was sitting in the gate. He was sitting in the gate because that's where he governed. Amen. When you read in the book of Genesis, and the angels came to the city of Sodom, where did they find Lot? In the gate of the city. He was part of the governance of that city. And Jesus said the gates, the authority of hell would not prevail against the church. Amen. Now, This is important because this authority is part of our blessing. In Genesis 23. uh, Verse 16. The Lord said to Abraham. and, And he said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord. For because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son your only son, that in blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of the seashore which is upon the seashore and your seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. Your seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. Now, this is important because what, is, what does Paul say in the epistles? He says this. He says, so then, if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. Hallelujah. Now, this is important because he said that the seed of Abraham would possess the gates of the enemy. If you possess the gates of the enemy, it means you have overcome the authority of the enemy that had possession of the gates and you're now in charge. Amen. We have a problem in the church. We talk about our authority over the devil and then out of the other side of our mouth we talk about how bad the devil's fighting. We talk about how much authority and power we have over the devil and then we talk about what a mess he's making. Mm. Well, here's the thing. Either you possess the gates or you don't. Either the devil's defeated or he's not. Amen. You don't talk about a defeated foe like he's gaining a victory. And Jesus said in Matthew 16... Notice, he said again, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind. Whatever you bind. Now, hang on. He didn't say whatever the Father binds. He didn't say whatever Jesus binds. He said what you bind. Now there are people you know, but they know that's in the Bible. Yeah, the Bible says whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. But then they'll say, there's just nothing we can do about it. It's Just what's happening, I mean. And, and I'll hear Christians use this phrase, it is what it is. There's two phrases I hate. It is what it is, and I'm just saying when you say, it is what it is, it's like, okay, I'm giving up. It, I mean, it is what it is. And then other people say, well, you know, I'm just saying. You are never just saying. You have been given the authority of words. You are never just saying. Because what you're saying is establishing something to you. It's establishing something to you. It's, taking, it's driving something away from you. And Jesus said, what you bind will be bound in heaven. That means that there are things that heaven cannot get involved with if you don't say something and exercise your authority. There are things that heaven wants to loose, but they have to be loosed on the earth by the man or the woman who is in authority. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Jesus did not get His authority when He died on the cross and went to hell and rose again. Jesus said, how do we know that? Because Jesus said over and over again throughout the four Gospels, all things have been given to me of my Father. Amen. In, in the in the book of Luke chapter nine Luke chapter 10 he looked at the twelve and it says he gave them authority over all devils then in Luke chapter 10 it says he, 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 he gave other seventy. And he gave them authority. And they came back and said, even the devils are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, behold, I give you power. King James says power. It's the Greek word Zeusia, authority. I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all, A-double-L, all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. If he didn't already have authority, he could not have delegated authority. But why did he already have authority? how how did he qualify to already have authority and people say well he was the son of god well okay but he was the son of god what qualified him as the son of god to have authority john chapter 5 and uh Verse 26, for as the father hath life in himself, so is he given to the son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. He's given him authority because he's the son of, because, because he's the son of man. Authority could not have been given to anybody that wasn't spiritually alive. God could not have given that authority to anybody else. What's the Bible call? Uh, in Paul's writings, the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam. Said the first man was made a, a, a living soul, but the, the last Adam was made a living spirit. Amen. We, we talk about these things that Jesus came and did. Uh, 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 completed what Adam messed up and gave us everything back that Adam lost. What was the number one thing Adam lost? Authority. Authority and dominion. Amen. Notice in, in the book of Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. And verse 13. He said, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came in the clouds with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought Him near before Him. And there was given unto Him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve Him." His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. So in Daniel's vision, he sees Jesus come to the Father, and the Father gives Jesus authority and a kingdom that will not pass away. When Jesus came into the earth, He came into the earth with authority. He came into the earth able to exercise authority because not only was He the the, the Son of God, He was was spiritually alive. Amen. It's it's important that you understand that. That Jesus is called the Son of Man more than He's called anything. Hallelujah. Remember in, in the book of Acts, it talks about Jesus all, all the way through, you read the New Testament. All the, every time they ministered about Jesus, they not only ministered about His death, His burial, and His resurrection, they ministered about how He was seated at the right hand of the Father. In Acts, in Acts chapter 2, Peter's message on the day of Pentecost, it said, you took the author of life by wicked hands and you killed him. And then he went on and he said, this Jesus, a man, a man, a man approved by God. A man. When Jesus came into the synagogue, and he that that devil recognized him, what'd he say? He said, He said, What have I to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Now people just overlook that. It, it's a reference to the humanity of Jesus. When Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus, what did he say? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. That you're persecuting. Amen. See, he was a man with authority. And so then whatever Jesus says concerning our authority... We we understand that He was given it because He was the Son of Man. And He can delegate it to us because we are men and women on the earth. What qualifies you for authority is number one, you're a born again human being. And number two, you are in the earth. And so when Jesus said whatever you bind on earth, now don't miss that. Because think about this, think about this. When when they called Jesus, am I helping y'all? When they called Jesus to Peter's house and it said he saw Peter's wife's mother laying there sick of a fever, right? What did Jesus do? What's the Bible say he did? What's the word it uses? It says he rebuked the fever. That's not praying. He didn't pray. He rebuked it. Well, rebuke means to censor. It means to command. Now, wait a minute. Jesus took authority over a fever. And what did the fever do? It did what? Amen. So, fevers can hear. But who do they hear? The one in authority. Is that right? Yes, sir, sir. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you see this? He spoke to it. And, and very often when we talk about our words and we talk about speaking, it comes down to speaking for things we want. Or, you know, not speaking negative, making sure that we speak positive. But here's the thing. It can sound simple, but why do you not want to speak negative? Because you have the authority to get what you say. You will have what you say. Because I have authority. See, it's not magic. You're not just having what you say because you're a Christian. There are Christians, there are Christians that do not exercise their authority. I don't care what you've been through. if you came through it, it's because at some point you exercised your authority. I'm, I'm telling you, Amen, at some point, your words drove that out of your life. Amen. I remember one time Steve Pitnick was here this morning. And and he heard me preach one time. And I said, if you get out of bed one morning and you're so sick you can't stand up. I said, if you can't do anything else, you say, thank God I'm the healed of the Lord. You might fall back in bed and pass out. But you declared that you were the healed of the Lord. The enemy wants to try to rob you of your authority because you might be going through something or you might be dealing with something. But here's what I want to promise you tonight that it will go the way you say it's going to go. I'm telling you, you will recover all. You will come out of whatever you've been dealing with. You will. You will. Yeah, but it's been a week. Well, that's okay. What did you say? Whatever you bind is bound and whatever you loose is loosed. Amen. Amen. And you'll ask Christians, well, why is that? Well, because Jesus said. Well, it's because you said. Nothing happens because Jesus said it. It happens because you said it. And you'll have people say, well, Jesus said. But what are you saying? I, I referenced my previous uh, statement. How, you know, 2 <laughs> Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 has been in the Bible for over a thousand years. Well, what's it say? He made him to be sin that knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Isn't that right? How long, how long the Holy Spirit said that? How long was what the Holy Spirit said in the Bible before you finally started saying it? See, it, it, it didn't start working until you said it. It doesn't work just because it's in the Bible. You don't get what's in the Word by getting the Bible close to you. Amen. What, what do you say? There are things that God has called you, but if you don't call yourself that, it doesn't matter what God called you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Do, do you see that? So, Matthew 16. We're, we're going we're to move away from Matthew 16, but... There's there's a lot here. You know, Pastor made a statement this morning. And and it's some things that I went back and and looked into. And just just looking at again. He made the statement. How the Lord woke him up that morning and said to him, He said, it's not about chasing the devil to get back what he stole. It's, It's about ownership. It's about ownership. It's about taking ownership. Now think about that. So according to this verse, he said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So what he said? So who is the understood subject here? Me. Me and you. So so try that out loud. Say, "Whatever whatever I bind is bound. And whatever I lose, I lose is, loosed is loosed in heaven. In heaven. Praise God. Amen. Now we think about that. Notice the immense proportions of your authority. Whatever. Whatever. Is that what he said? Whatever you bind, whatever you lose. Hmm. What tense would that be in? Present tense. Right? It, I mean, it could be what you bind next week. But if you bind it next week, when you're binding it next week, you're binding it now. Amen. Is that right? Right? Why? Because who has the authority? To do what? Bind and loose. And I have power and I have possessed the gates of my enemy. When someone's constantly talking about how the devil's fighting, it's a person that doesn't understand their authority. Amen. A church that understands their authority has no time to talk about what the devil's doing. Jesus never did. Jesus never did. He said what the devil was, a thief, a murderer, that he came to steal, kill, and destroy. But when it came to talking about the enemy, he said, the prince of this world's coming. He has nothing in me. Nothing in me. Hallelujah. When Jesus dealt with demons, he would say, hold your peace and come out of them. Amen. Now think about this. Mark chapter 16, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, number one, they'll cast out devils. Number one, that's not lost on me. The very first thing he referenced was those that are believers in Jesus. The very first thing he said was we have authority to expel demons. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you see that? Why is that important? Because I have that authority. I'm a believer in the name of Jesus. And he said, in my name. Why in his name? That's the name that bought the authority for us. I was in Christed. I was ingrafted into Christ. And when I came into Christ, I came into the authority of the name. That's what Jesus said. When he said, go into all the world go into all the world, and he talked about baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. People have fought small wars over how we baptize, and that's the devil trying to rob us of our authority. When he said baptize them in the name, the Greek is baptize them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptize them into the authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you have denominations that say, well, that's not the way you baptize you. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is Jesus. That's not what it's saying at all. It's not what it's saying at all. It's saying there's an authority that when you were baptized, you were baptized into it. You came into it by faith in Christ. And when you were baptized in water, it was an outward manifestation that you now possessed authority. Amen. Amen. Anything you do in the name represents authority. In the name of Jesus. I'm not not referencing you, but many believers, the, the biggest use they have for the name of Jesus is when they bless their food. Lord, bless our food in Jesus' name. Why do you use in Jesus' name over your food? Because you're taking authority over anything in it that might harm you. You're not just praying over your food, thanking the Lord like Oliver Twist. Thank you, Father, for more. May I have more? No, you're taking authority. When you say in the name of Jesus... You are taking authority. And here's the thing. You are authorized to use that name. Now why? Number one, you're born again. Number two, you're a man in the earth. I have a right to use that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David Ingalls sang that song and it said, I don't know if you all know who David Ingalls is, but he'd sing that song about the name of Jesus and he said demons are helpless at the sound of that name. Amen. Amen. All hell trembles at the sound of that name. Well, Well, they do. But why are they trembling? They're paralyzed. They have nothing that they can do or say against that name. Because all authority and all power was given in that name. Notice in Matthew twenty-eight. There's a lot here. You know what? What what I'm trying to get you to see is your part in this. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm really going to encourage you. Quit talking about what the devil's doing. The, the devil is so prideful that you just embolden him. Anybody that's proud, all you got to do is talk about him, And they, and they, and they puff up. And, and they start acting, you know, like the cock of the walk, as my mama would say. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Bible says, before you, we read Matthew 18, remember uh, I, I talked about in Luke 10, where Jesus said, I give you uh, authority over serpents and scorpions. Well, what's that mean? Little devils and, and big devils. And the Greek says, I give you authority to advance over serpents and scorpions and over all the power. The word there is dunamis. All the might, all the wonder-working power of the devil. I've given you authority over that. Why? We, we possess his gates. Do you understand that? The devil has no authority over the church. That's why we're the problem. That's why He's fought over the years to get the church to abdicate their authority, to give up believing in miracles, signs, and wonders, to give up believing these certain things. Why? Because that, that is an exercising of His authority. If you're under the sound of my voice tonight and God brought you out of a sickness, God healed your body, it is proof positive the devil has no authority over you. None. Absolutely zero. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something could Listen, there in all of us in here, in some semblance or another. There's been a disease of this age that tried to attach itself to our body. But here you sit tonight, healed and whole and well, in your right mind, living your life for God. There wasn't anything the devil could do. He tried, but he failed. Why? He has no power. His authority won't work in our lives. Just won't work. Why? Because whatever I bind is bound. Amen. Amen. But you'll hear people that keep talking, well, the devil's this and the devil's that. Listen, Jerry Seville said one time, he said this at the church in Little Rock. He said, I was sitting talking to Charles Capps, and he said, We're waiting on Peggy, Charles' wife, to fix dinner. And he said, Charles crossed his leg, and I kept noticing there was something on the bottom of his shoe. And he said, finally, I said, Charles, you got something on the bottom of your shoe? He said, yeah. He said, what is it? He said, well, there's a a message I wanted to give to the devil, so I put it on the bottom of my shoe. (laughs) And, And, you know, I picked up on that. If you got something to say to the devil, put it on the bottom of your shoe. The Bible says he is under your feet. Oh, we'll get into that in just a moment. I'm not going to try to keep you late tonight, but I I need you to get this. Amen. Don't talk about what the devil's doing in the sins. And and you'll hear people say, and they'll get real quiet. Oh, brother. The old devil. Right? Now, please bear with me with this. Just just like when people talk about cancer. Cancer. They talk about it in hushed tones. They can be talking in normal voice. Oh, brother, I went and and was talking to brother so-and-so. Really, how's he doing? Well, you know, they found out he has cancer. Now, I'm not making light of any disease. But what I'm saying is when you talk about it in hushed tones, it's like I respect it. I honor it. I hate... Disease. I hate the devil. I said, I hate the devil. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He's a liar. He's crazy. He's insane. He kills little kids. He rips families apart. He, he, amen. he doesn't care who you are what your ethnicity is how young you are how old you are how saved you are if you give him a foothold in your life he will steal, kill and destroy you cannot give him one inch amen, amen. amen. say it out loud say devil, devil. You, will no you will hinder me no more I know I have authority over you. I have authority. And I'm telling you tonight, you get no more ground in my life. Hallelujah. I've actually had preachers tell me that you don't want to talk about the devil because you go to talking about him and he starts fighting. I had a preacher tell me, don't talk about the devil at night because he's real strong at night. And I said, well, why? And he said, because most believers aren't praying at night. You know the thing that that I see here? Is the Bible talks about our authority in prayer. (laughs) You understand? We have authority in prayer. We can exercise our authority in prayer. But we don't pray for authority. It's been given. You can pray from now till Jesus comes. To be righteous. And you'll never be righteous in your mind. You're already righteous. It's a birthright. I was born righteous. I was born with authority. I was born as a brand new believer. When I was 30 seconds old in Jesus, I had authority over all the power of the devil. And for some of us, it took 25 years for somebody to try to finally tell us. I remember, I remember listening to certain things from Brother Hagin and, and, and Charles Capps thinking, Dear God, where have I been all my life? I got mad at the church I was raised in. Why didn't they tell me this? I'll tell you when it really made me mad. And you do whatever you want to do with this. It made me mad because my wife and I, now we have a child in heaven that, that's in our future. It made me mad. It made me mad. When I saw the authority that I possessed, it made me mad. Because I thought, Lord, I could have done something about that. And and the minister that we were under, God bless him, is my dad. And he called me, and and he didn't have an answer. and, And we didn't know any more than each other. And you only know what you know. Amen. But I made the decision, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out where I missed it. I'm going to find out. And when I found out I had authority, I made the decision. Not happening again. It's not happening again. Oh, hallelujah. Did you ever find Matthew 28? This is, of course, when Jesus rose from the dead. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, all authority. When you look at the word power in the four Gospels, primarily, but all throughout the epistles, Look it up. Is it talking about, there's, there's two primary words, exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A, exousia, or dunamis, dunamis, however you want to pronounce it. Dunamis is wonder-working dynamite-type power, explosive power. Exousia is always authority. Always. This is authority. All authority. Now notice this is given unto me in heaven and earth. Now hang on right there. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now notice, and then he says, Go ye therefore. Go ye therefore. Well, we don't use that word therefore a lot. But what does it mean? In light of what I said on the grounds of the fact that all authority has been given to me. Now you go and you exercise it. Amen. Now these are the last recorded words of Jesus, some of them, before He left the earth. What was the last thing He did? Give us all authority. Hmm. Hallelujah. And notice what he said. Lo, I'm with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Well, how is he with us? People say the name. That's exactly right. The name and the authority. Mark chapter 16. You remember what it said? It said, he said, in my name they'll cast out devils. They'll lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They'll speak with new tongues. Is that right? And then it said this. It said, so they went everywhere. The Lord working with them. Confirming his word with signs following. Is that what it says? Confirming his word with signs. What signs? Signs of authority. What were they doing? What were they doing? Going and preaching everywhere. The Lord working with them. Well, he wasn't working with them to preach. He was working with them to perform those signs. So what was one of the signs they were performing? Casting out devils. Healing the sick. Amen. Amen. Isn't it interesting, when Jesus, when Jesus gave authority to the twelve, he said, and whatever city you go into, heal all the sick that are there. Notice, it wasn't an, an optional thing. I give you the authority, now go heal them. All the sick. See, people think Jesus healed them all because he was Jesus. Jesus healed them all because he had the authority to heal them all. Amen. Hallelujah. Is, is that right? Oh, glory. Amen. Hey, we train them up right. Look in Matthew chapter 8. Am I helping y'all? Yes. This, is, this is so important. I've had people tell me, well, if we have authority over the devil, you know, uh, 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 can't we just, you know, does that, that, that ensures us that he'll never fight us? No, heavens no. But here's the, here's the thing. There's a difference between a challenge with somebody you think you've got to defeat and somebody that's already defeated now here's the question and think about this and and I'm 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 going to ask you in this last night of faith explosion don't just answer it from our christian mindset answer it from the what we've seen in the word who currently has the authority I do you do. Well, remember we sing that song, I'm in charge. Yeah. And what does it say? It doesn't matter what trap the enemy may set, doesn't matter what he has even said, doesn't matter what weapon is formed against the saints, it'll all fall dead. Why? Because I'm in charge. Yeah. Amen. Is that right? Yes, yeah, but I see I see some areas where the enemy's got a foothold. That's okay. Don't don't get under condemnation. Just take authority over it. Amen. Amen. Think think about this for a moment. I'll talk about me. I won't talk about you. I've had things before that's kind of like it slipped up on me. I don't know if you've ever, surely spiritual as you are, you've never had that. But (laughs) I've had things kind of slipped up on me. And, And I'll say it this way. Primarily in the area of Finances. I was raised believing that God was a healer. My father was healed in the 1950s in the middle of the the healing move, the days of the voice of healing. Amen. Lyman Charles Roby laid hands on him at Glad Tidings Assembly of God at 103rd and Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. Claude I. Bowman was the pastor. You can tell I've heard that story a while. (laughs) But he laid hands on him, and God healed him. Healed him of a heart condition. Healed him of deformities in his body. Healed him, set him free. I was raised knowing God was a healer. When, when I was a kid growing up, you didn't go to the doctor. You got prayed for. Amen. That's, that's, that's what happened. I broke my left arm. My dad prayed for me and God healed it. Amen. It's just, you just, you just got, now, I'm not saying don't go to the doctor. I go to the doctor. Take my kid to the, my child to the doctor. And, and obviously doctors are a good thing because doctors are working for our healing. But here's the point. So, but here's the thing. We believed that God was a healer, but boy, we believed in being poor. I mean, the poorer you were, the closer you were to God. I mean, if you had a hole in one shoe, you were humble. If you had a hole in two shoes, you were extra humble. Amen. And if you only had one white shirt and you washed it every week to go to church, my Lord, you were approaching sainthood. Because you were humble. You didn't have it, You didn't want anything of this old world's goods. Those same people didn't want anything of this old world's goods. Sure went out and worked hard all week for it. But here's my point. So I had to learn. I had to learn something. I had to learn to exercise authority in the area of my finances. You can sow a seed and get no harvest if you don't exercise authority. Now, how do I know that? Because what's the Bible say? It says that God gave Adam the authority of the seed. And he said, I've given you every herb bearing seed and it'll be fruit for you. But then what did he say in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam fell and the curse came in? He said, you're going to plow the ground and it's not going to produce for you. It's going to produce thorns and thistles. The very thing that Adam had authority over when he fell under the curse, it began to rebel against him. Finances shortage in a Christian's life is your finances rebelling against the blessing in your life. You have authority over that. And when you sow your seed, it is an exercising of your authority. You're not sowing hoping something happens. The ability to sow seed is proof of ownership. If, if, if I was to reach in my pocket and, uh, and, and get a $100 bill out and go give it to Jamie. I'm not going to, but. <laughs> now now think about it. How, how can I give him a $100 bill? Because I got one. I own it. Is that right? So who has the authority over the money in my pocket? My wife, you're right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Me and Dave, we know. Hallelujah. But but anyway, God did give Adam and Eve authority. Glory. But how can I how can I give him that money? Because I own it, for lack of a better term. I have it. When you sow a seed, what you're doing is exercising your authority over the lack that may be present or over the thing that you're believing God for you're not just sowing and then hoping that a harvest comes in or believing that a harvest comes in it is an exercising of your authority I have authority over this lack I have authority over debt I have authority over the problems in my finances because I have been given the authority of the seed so when we say if you're in debt, you sow a seed to come out of debt. It's not some magical thing. It's an exercising of your authority. And you put debt on notice. You're about to leave my life because I've taken authority over you. Amen. 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 See, there, there, there's so much. And uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus was entered in Capernaum there came unto him a centurion saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy. Notice this, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come healing. Now, that's pretty good. You know, the, 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 uh, I believe it's Luke explains to us why this man was a centurion. And it, Luke explains why he was going to go to his house. Because the, the Jewish leaders came to Jesus And said uh, uh, they actually were the envoy that was sent. And they came and told Jesus, he's worthy that you should do this for him because he built us a synagogue. And under the law, it says that you can can fellowship with Gentiles if they've done good to you. So Jesus is going to go. Now, I referenced that to you for this reason. What did he say to the Syrophoenician woman? What did he say to the disciples about the Syrophoenician woman? They said, send her away. She's crying after us. Jesus said, I'm not messing with her. I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What's the difference? This man had done something for the people of God. Do you understand this? When we talk about Jesus kept the law so we don't have to, he did it in all points. He perfectly kept it. So you don't have to. That's powerful. Now, but this man, look, notice, grievously tormented. And the centurion, Jesus said, I'll come to him. The centurion answered, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now, he's speaking from the law standpoint. I'm a Gentile. I'm not worthy. but, Speak the word only. Mm. And my servant shall be healed. Now, hang on right there for one moment. That is where the greatest faith Jesus ever heard came from. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. That was the greatest... You never hear anybody else say that. Only this man. But there's a reason he said it. The Lord told Charles Capp something. He said, if my people understood authority the way this man understood authority, they could have and exercise the same faith he exercised. But it was predicated on what? Understanding authority. Your faith and your authority are inextricably linked. They're linked. If if you don't believe you have authority, you won't operate in faith. If you don't ever operate in faith, you'll never operate in authority. Because they're tied together. Notice, he said, he said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. What's the next word? Watch this. What's that next word? It's it's a three-letter word, isn't it? What's that? For, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For, I am a man under authority. What's he saying? I know how authority works. Now, now, I know I'm being redundant. What did he tie this to? What did he tell Jesus to do? What's that? Help me out. He said what? And then he said, For I'm a man under authority. What did he tie authority to? To what? To what he said. Is that right? You speak the word and my servant will be healed. In other words, I understand how this works. I'm a man under authority. Notice what he said. I'm a man under authority having soldiers over me. Notice, I say, I say to this man, go, and he goes. Amen. And to another, what what, what would be the understood subject here? I say to another, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. I say, I say. In other words, this man understood. Nothing happens even in the Roman army if I don't say it. They can't read my mind. I got to tell them. I got to tell them to go. I got to tell them to come. I got to tell them to do this. Amen. Woohoo. Amen. When Jesus heard, heard what? What he said. And what he said about authority. He did what? He marveled. And said, I've not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Right? Oh, glory. But notice what it's tied to. What you say. Now think about that. So if something is there that shouldn't be there, what are you supposed to do? Tell it to go. And according to this verse, what will it do? I've had believers tell me, well, I've been been rebuking the devil, and he hadn't left. That's a lie. Because Jesus said he would go. Right? Isn't that what the Bible said in in the book of James? Resist the devil, and what'll happen? Now, think about this. I know you know this, but help me. Help me preach. How do you resist? With your what? What? With your what? Words. With your what? Words. what? What do you have to do to use words? Speech. You got to what? Speech. You got to say something, right? Say, say it out loud one more time. Say, devil, devil you, will me no more. you will hinder me no more. Say, you'll hinder my family no more. You'll hinder my, you'll no hinder my finances no more. You'll hinder my, you'll no hinder my health no more. You'll my health I'm no healed, I'm prosperous. I I'm blessed. My family's blessed. blessed. And And then you resist any attempt of the enemy to bring that back. Why? Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Think, hear me when I say this. This building is not the church. This is the church. All of us together are the body of Christ. But I'm the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against me, the church. Very often we put that just on the universal context. And it's true universally. But he's not just talking about this behemoth we call the universal church. You are the church of the living God. When Paul wrote the church in 1 Corinthians, he talked about you are the temple of the living God. In the Greek it says, every one of you believers individually are the temple of the living God. I'm the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against me. Amen. Say that out loud. Say, devil. I know. You have no authority here. You have no say in my life. You have nothing to say about me. The gates of hell will not prevail against me. Hallelujah. And and here's why. Because you say so. Hallelujah Now look over here at mark eleven i 'm almost done there 's so much here and 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 I uh, encourage you avail yourself of what we 've been teaching on we 've been teaching on this for seven weeks and uh, hallelujah notice something in verse uh, 12 and on the morrow when he they were come from bethany jesus he was meaning jesus he was hungry seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves he came if perhaps he might find anything thereon and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet and jesus answered and said unto it no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever and his disciples heard it now here's now 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 I know you can read, but but notice this. Jesus answered and said. He said. Matthew's account of this says that when he, he said to this tree, he said, no longer will man eat of you forever. Notice what he said. Forever. And Matthew says, presently, it dried up, withered. Right? Jesus wasn't mad at this tree. This wasn't a Jesus fit. Jesus didn't get carnal and get mad. (laughs) He's, he's, He's saying something. He's showing us something. This tree should have been producing... It had leaves. It was green leaves. There should have been fruit. Something's wrong with this tree. Jesus didn't get mad at the tree. If you're not going to produce fruit, no reason for you to be around. So what did he do? He said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. And notice verse 20. In the morning they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Mm. People say, well, the words of Jesus went to the roots of that tree. Well, they did, but what did those words carry? Authority. 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 Yeah. And I've heard people say, well, he created the tree. He had a right to curse it. Now, see, that take... people have a problem. <laughs> when you start talking about the humanity of Jesus, people have an issue with that. The biggest fight I ever saw in this church was when I preached a message called The Present-Day Ministry of Jesus Christ. And I made a statement in that message that it was not, Jesus did not work the miracles He worked because He was the divine Son of God. He worked them because He was a man anointed by God. That was the best-selling tape that we've ever had in this church. And it was not because people wanted to hear my good preaching. It was because they wanted to make sure that I wasn't saying Jesus was, was not divine. I had a guy come to my office. His wife was yelling and screaming at me. You said Jesus wasn't divine. And I'm thinking, you think I'm an idiot. I'm not a fool. I know what the Bible says. Amen. But you start talking about the humanity of Jesus. And how everything Jesus did, he did as a man. And people, oh, 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 oh. Did you? Did you hear what he said? I'm, I'm going to get into it more next week. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 that God did not give the angels authority, but he gave, them to, gave authority to Jesus. And it says, because the the sons and the daughters were partakers of flesh and blood, that he himself partook of the same. He became a man, so that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Don't use phrases like, Jesus took upon himself flesh. No, he became flesh. Well, Jesus uh, uh, came into the earth and and took the semblance of... Of humanity on him. No, he became human. Because everything he did, he did as a man. Every act of authority, he did it as a man. In authority. When he spoke to this tree, he did it as a man. This tree did not respond because this was Jesus. He responded. Because of the authority of the words of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice. Jesus answered, verse 22. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. Have the God kind of faith. Now wait a minute. He talked about faith in Matthew chapter 8 that man said, speak the word only. And Jesus said, I've not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So that great faith that that man had was tied to what he said. And then the man tied what he said to authority. So you can't separate faith and authority. Have faith, but having faith is not enough. Because that's only part of the equation. If somebody came to you and said, Two plus. What are you going to say? Two plus. If you want an answer. Two plus two. Two plus six. Two plus eight. Two plus whatever. Right? Have faith in God. That's part of it. That's part of it. For truly. Truly. I say unto you, whosoever, now look it's tied to faith, whosoever shall say, mm, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed, for I'm a man under authority having soldiers under me, and I say unto this man, go, I say, I say, I say. What made that, listen, what made that, uh, that centurion think that man was going to go? Faith. I have faith that when I tell you to go, you're going to go. What did he have faith in? His authority. Truly I say unto you that whosoever shall say. Whosoever. Are you a whosoever? Yes. Say it out loud. Whosoever means me. Mean. So whosoever shall say. Now wait a minute. Think about this. He didn't say whosoever shall have faith whosoever will say he said have faith have the faith of God but then he said whosoever shall say say what say unto this mountain be removed be cast in the sea hallelujah shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe those things that God saith. what is that what it says shall believe that those things which, which, which shall what? Come to pass. He shall have whatever He says. Have faith, say. Have faith, say. Why? Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus talking about 70 times 7, forgiving 70 times 7. The disciples said, Oh Lord, increase our faith. He said, If you had faith, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say. But people will emphasize that. Well, Jesus said, If you just had faith the size of a mustard seed, that that mountain would move. No, he did not. He said, if, if you only had faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say, you would say. But you'll see people up raising their hands to songs, Lord don't move that mountain, just give me the strength to climb. Well, that's a double dumb song because the, the Bible never says he'll give you the strength to climb and it never says he'll move the mountain. I've had people say, well, you know, my God is a mountain mover. Your Bible doesn't say that. It says you're the mountain mover. If you have faith, you'll say. Why? That's where the authority resides. That's where the authority resides. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loose. Whatever you tell to move will move. Whatever you tell to stay will stay. You can't can't just rebuke lack and and not enough. You got to command prosperity to stay. You got to declare that you're blessed going in and coming out. You got to declare that everything your hands touch will be blessed. That's not just a positive confession, that is a statement of fact. I am blessed going in. I'm saying it. Hear me say it. I am blessed going in and coming out. That's it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to God. Glory. Glory to God. Thank you. Notice, he'll have whatever he says. Remember Matthew 16? Whatever you bind, whatever you lose, whatever he says. Now, now now notice that. I'm 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 trying to wrap this up. Whatever he says. Now why? I have authority. Your spirit knows you have authority. Your spirit will not fight against what you say. If you say it, Authorities released. Think about this for a moment. I'm a gun owner. I own several guns. Hallelujah. People say, why? Because I'm an American. (laughs) 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 And in Texas, they'd say, by God. And so, anyway. (laughs) Somebody say, were you born in Texas? No, but I got there as quick as I could. But anyway, my point is this. And, and, you know, one of the things they teach you in gun safety is this. You never point a gun, loaded or unloaded, at anything you're not willing to destroy. Because if that weapon is loaded and you pull the trigger, there's no getting that bullet back. It's, it's, it's going to... <laughs> Produce the effect on whatever it encounters. The Lord helped me see this one time. Your mouth is like a loaded gun. And you shouldn't say anything. Anything. That you don't want. Because your words release authority. And they will produce what you say. Not maybe. Not possibly, not might, will. Will. Amen. If if you're facing the biggest financial struggle of your life, don't get your words in concert with your struggle. Keep your words in the authority lane. Amen. Amen. Everything my hands touch prospers. I'm a tither. I'm set on high above all nations of the earth because I'm a tither. I have great favor. Amen. With God, with man, with people that I encounter. Amen. Raises and bonuses are coming to me today. And people say, well, that's a positive confession. No, that's a release of your authority. And and, and, And that's why people that say that regularly, they go to work and bonuses find them. Raises find them. Favor finds them. Amen. When people say something good about you, agree with it. Amen. Hallelujah. I had a guy look at me one time. I've had people look at me and say, there's so much favor on you, Pastor. You could fall in an outhouse and come out smelling like a rose. Yes, sir. Just call me Rosie. (laughs) That's it. Amen. Hallelujah. I can go slop the hogs in a white suit and not get any on me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But I'm talking about authority. Whatever He says, you'll have whatever you say. So you got to measure that. i got to measure that. Now, let me, let me say this real quick. How did God create the world? With what? Faith-filled words, right? Faith-filled words. What did God have? Faith that what He said would come to pass. Now, think about this. So before you say the next time, now don't get mad at me, you promise? See, if you say it, you believe it. So don't get mad at me. So the next time you want to come home after a hard day's work and talk about how wore out you are. You said something. You know what we do with wore out things? Get rid of them. Amen. Before you look in the mirror at your 35 year old self and talk about how old you are, or your 60 year old self, or your 70 year old self. They you know when you get to me, you get old like me. <laughs> no. The Bible says, what's it say about your youth? It is renewed as the eagles. What's it say about the weak? It says, let the weak say, I am let the weak say, I am let the weak say, why does the weak, weak want to say I'm strong? Because the weak has the authority to bring strength. Amen. The scripture, you know, we sing a song when I was a boy growing up in church. Uh, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Some of y'all haven't been saved long enough to remember that. But I I saw some of y'all singing. that, That means you're just like me. You've been in church a while. But you know, part of that verse says this. It says, even those that have no strength, he will increase their might. Because God gives power to the faint. So what are you supposed to say? That you have no strength? No, God's increasing my might. You're supposed to say you're faint? Nope, God's given me power. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. It's just as easy to say all things work together for my good as it is to say nothing's going right. But here's the problem. Both of those statements are using your authority to steer your ship a certain direction. Everything is going my way. Everything is going my way. Why? Because I'll have what I say. Now, I'll close with this. The Lord told me some time ago, years ago now, I've got it written down in, in one of my Bibles, old Bible, And he said, there's three things I never want you to say again. Never say, I can't. Never say, I don't understand. And never say, I uh, I can't, I don't understand, and I don't know. Never say that. And the Lord said, here's why. Because you have the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge abiding on the inside of you. He said, I gave you the Holy Spirit that I said would teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, there are people who say, well, you know, you just can't, can't stop the Holy Spirit from doing what He wants to. Yes, you can. You have the wisdom of God on the inside of you, and if you constantly say you don't know and you don't understand, that wisdom will never profit you. Now, here's why. Because you're an authority. The Holy Spirit is not in charge unless you let him be. And so when you say something, when you get up in the morning, you say, Holy Spirit, today you're going to lead me and guide me and direct me into all truth. You're going to show me things to come. You're going to bring all things to my remembrance that I have heard. Whatever Jesus has taught me, you're going to bring it to my remembrance. I have perfect knowledge of every situation that I will encounter today. People say, you say that all the time? Every day of the world. It's not just a confession. It's, I'm releasing my authority. Because there will be things that will come up in the day that I'm not going to have natural knowledge of. But I'll be given that knowledge. Amen. Hallelujah.